0: You're listening to the Dogaritaville podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Lily. We are two dog professionals with two different styles, two different backgrounds, and two common goals. To drink delicious margaritas and talk about dogs. Welcome to Dogaritaville. Welcome to episode 17 of the Dogaritaville podcast. Today, we are talking about small dogs and drinking blood orange themed margaritas.
1: For every episode, each of us does our best to create a delicious margarita around our theme. We post the recipes on Instagram so you can try them at home and you can let us know if you have an idea for a theme. We are definitely running low. Please send us (laughs) margarita (laughs) recipes. Uh, (laughs) I literally just scour Pinterest all the time now, and it's all the same bullshit. Um, I want to do peach. Our recipes. I think I put that on there. I'll have to look. Awesome. Um, Our recipes always differ, so you have some variety to choose from, and we post them on Instagram every other week. Or we try to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So the deal with our podcast is that I edit the audio and Laura basically does everything else. And so that's why a lot of the time you'll (laughs) hear me say like, oh, this is an interesting segment because I didn't write this outline. Laura did it. (laughs) And so I just want everybody to know that I didn't even write this. Laura wrote this. (laughs) Our first segment is one that we both see coming up a lot in the future. And it's called Laura is a Liar.
1: I couldn't think of a better name, okay?
0: <laughs> I mean it's accurate. Lara Lara pants on fire.
1: <laughs> That's a way better name for this segment. <laughs> um, so our last episode, hopefully I don't look like a jackass when Lily edits it. I went, I'm sure I will. I went on quite the rant about Malinois. And it's not that I don't like Malinois. It's just the argument as to whether or not they're pet dogs. I'm still inclined to say that they're not. But (laughs) (laughs) to Lily's point, and she said it when we were recording last time, how are they different than any other working dog? And I guess they're not. I will concede to that point.
0: However,
1: (laughs) you also don't see what's happening to them happening to other working breeds is, I think, kind of the root of the issue, right? um so other i mean there's poor breeding with all dogs don't get me wrong but like other working dogs are not being poorly bred in droves and starting to infiltrate the entire shelter system so i think my frustration and rant was really more rooted in that problem than the dogs themselves and you'll hear me say this a lot but i was wrong
0: (laughs) I have a little bullet point that I don't understand right here.
1: Uh, (laughs) I was just trying to break up the segment so it's not me just talking. Got it. And I figured you would probably make fun of me for admitting I was wrong or something. So.
0: Oh, I see. I thought you were writing that I would say, I'm sure you'll mock me here. And I was like, I don't. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Yeah, I'll mock you, sure.
1: I Um. mean, I'm generally. (laughs) I feel like we're both generally mocking everybody, but...
0: Uh, no, I think like to that point I'm not I'm not in rescue. Like I'm never in a shelter and I don't yeah. run my own rescue and so I'm not seeing this at all. Yeah. You know. So to me it's like they're they're no different from a German Shepherd or, you know, whatever other else there is out there. Or a Vigela like you told me that someone got the other day. Like yeah. you know, to me that's not really any different. But like I'm also not sitting right right at the front desk of the shelter and watching them get adopted
1: out, so Yeah, which leads us to my next comment. (laughs) So I was at work yesterday. I work part time at a holistic pet food store uh, because when the pandemic hit, there was no training and I still had rent to pay. Uh, (laughs) So I went back to the holistic pet food store that I used to work at many, many moons ago um, and they have a satellite shelter or a satellite location food uh, pet supply store inside the county shelter. So I just sit in a little annex off the adoption lobby and watch everybody get adopted, which is nice. Uh, (laughs) But so I'm sitting there at the desk, just thinking about how I should publicly admit that I was wrong and that Lily was right. (laughs) (laughs) And per usual, I always check the shelter every time I go in. I just pull up their website and see, you know, how many dogs they have, stuff like that. Just so because that's a good way to gauge like how busy we're going to be because they're closed to the public right now. Um, So it's appointment only, all of that. Um, But so not one, but two mouths are at the county shelter this week. And of course, like I said, it's becoming a really big problem. And, of course, both are listed for behavior because, you know, they're Malinois. Uh, <laughs> and so, as I'm sitting there thinking about this, they adopt one out. <laughs> and, oh, dear God. I, I wouldn't have even noticed, but they were having so much trouble. I had, I, like, heard them, obviously. <laughs> um, and I just kept hearing drop it drop it sit drop it sit <laughs> and then I, I start hearing the pet corrector which is like a little i don't want to say it's a spray bottle because it doesn't spray anything but it's basically like kind of like um an air can oh my so it just god does okay see i wrote yeah, that question so it,
0: down below i was like what the fuck is a pet corrector bottle
1: yeah so i use them um for like play group uh if we have a a bunch of dogs, uh, and we're worried about things escalating, we'll use it to like diffuse certain situations, right? And you don't like shoot it at them, nothing comes out of it. It's just basically a loud hissing noise. Okay. Um, so it is an aversive technically, uh, but it's not actually like doing anything, right? Sure. Um but yeah <laughs> so I just hear that like drop it, sit. Psst <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck is going on out there? And I look up there, and there's this huge Malinois just going (laughs) apeshit. And these two adoption counselors, like, can't do anything to save their lives. And this adopter has no idea. Like, he's just holding the leash as tight as he can and, like, choking him out. And I'm like, bro, he's going to keep fighting you because you're fighting him. Like, (laughs) this dog has been living in a kennel for at least a week. And he's a fucking Malinois. Like, what do you... It was literally all they could do to get through the paperwork. (laughs) Like, it was just a total fucking disaster. They just kept passing the dog off back and forth because, like, they'd try to hand it to the adopter, but then the adopter couldn't focus on, like, the adoption process of paperwork or anything. So they'd hand it back to the counselor. And then the counselor would have to, like, stop it from jumping around. And it was just laughable. And. I say laughable because it's actually really sad and that dog's going to be back or it's going to live a horrible life or something. But I mean, so I did feel a little bit validated in that. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, like I said, Lily's right. That would be most working dogs. But like, god damn it. (laughs) I'm also not seeing Vislas or Border Collies in the shelter two at a time every single week. So that's my issue. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i wonder why that is like i mean i know that we already asked this question on a previous episode but like was there some show or something with a malinois in it recently well or? so
1: huskies uh it, i think it was game of thrones right because there's a husky at the shelter every single day no matter what but they're still a novelty breed so they do get adopted out pretty quickly but i think it's the same i mean it's shepherds too there's a shepherd at the shelter every single day too and yeah. that didn't used to be the case either um i think it's just like the increased awareness of like police and military dogs and everybody wants to be a badass like that's sure. the only thing i can think because with social media and stuff you see that more and it's not as much of a, a novelty so people are like oh i can i can do that sure <laughs> i want a dog that can climb 10 feet walls and i wonder if, if that like it
0: <laughs> i wonder if that on the flip side is the reason that they're getting returned more than other breeds is like you know you got this dog because it's scary looking and now you're scared of it,
1: and so like you need to take yeah. it back. well, I think everybody wants that dog that like oh i can I can train it, and we can do this, and it never has to be on leash, and it'll attack my enemy, <laughs> <laughs> but people don't understand like how much work that takes, right. and like if <laughs> the dog's not just born doing that, yeah um so yeah i don't know i think it's people want that but they don't want to do the work i I don't know what it is or they think playing fetch with it every day is enough exercise i don't know (laughs) i just i just don't know dear god help us
0: (laughs) so the the important takeaway from this segment is that laura is dumb um no i'm just kidding (laughs) it's true it's Um, true But so, yeah, that's my new favorite segment. Laura admitting she is a jackass. So (laughs) we'll take a break here. And when we get back, we will start talking about pretty much the opposite of Malinois, which is little dogs. (laughs) Margarita check. Laura, how did you make your blood orange margarita?
1: I did. (laughs) things Uh, (laughs) i did one ounce triple sec two juice limes which the recipe that i found said one juice lime and i think they were right but i did two because i'm an ass um it's the theme of this whole episode Uh, (laughs) two ounces of tequila one juiced blood orange uh and then that was super tart, which is why I think they were right about maybe one juice slimed instead. Got it. <laughs> um, so I had to add agave, and it is a fucking delight. Good. It is so good. <laughs> was it hard to find a blood orange? Um, Kind of, yes and no. I just, I've been doing Instacart since the pandemic started, so uh, that makes things a little bit trickier because you're kind of at the mercy of whatever schmo you have shopping for you um <laughs> i get which, like let me m- maybe more texts about instacart
0: drivers than i do about malinois from laura <laughs>
1: <laughs> listen it's been a year almost okay i have a lot of instacart problems um well so like last week i always get six limes and an avocado like because i know i'm gonna have to make a tequila something or other or a I'm going to have to make a margarita every week, so I need at least a few limes, and I always get 6 just in case cuz I never know what I'm doing. <laughs> um last week, he literally brought me 6 limes and an avocado that were like completely unusable. Like they were already like gross. Ew. And I'm like, "Did you just grab random things? Like did you look at them? Like I don't I don't know how to pick out produce either, but this is just outrageous." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh but then I got another delivery yesterday cuz I usually do it on Monday so that I'm prepared for this. Um I got a new delivery yesterday and bro picked out some stellar produce. Good. <laughs> My limes are perfect. My avocado is almost ripe. It's a delight. Uh <laughs> Anyways, back to the point. Blood <laughs> orange. <laughs> The only blood orange on the thing on the Instacart menu at Alberton's, um, was a bag of blood oranges. So I guess I can't get them singularly, but I did get a whole bag. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. Good thing it's, it's delightful like, then. An interesting choice. Yeah, right. I'm excited to make more of this. It's fucking great. Uh are we lying and saying that you have one? Or what are we <laughs> No, we don't need to lie. What are we doing I here? did
0: make this yesterday, so I can speak to oh, it. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so I'm not ma- – I didn't make a margarita yet. I will probably make another one tonight because I did enjoy it. But we had to switch around our schedule a little bit, and I don't have any help with the four puppies that I currently have, so I'm not going to be drinking so until my husband puppies. gets off work. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, I did make it last night, so I – I don't know. I, I figured if I couldn't find plums at the store, I probably also couldn't find blood oranges. So I just didn't look.
1: Oh, wait, you couldn't find plums?
0: Yeah. Um, Back when we did our, well, when I did the plum one, I had to get canned <laughs> plums because I couldn't find like plums.
1: How bizarre.
0: And I've just never seen blood oranges. I've never looked for them. So I figured they wouldn't be there and I didn't go to the store. But I did go to the liquor store and they had exactly two blood orange flavored things. (laughs) The first was an entire margarita mix. So it was like you would just kind of pour it over ice and you were done. And I was like, well, that's no fun. Um, And then the other one was a $40 bottle (laughs) of liqueur called Salerno. And so So I got it. of course, that's the one you got. I got it because I didn't want to tell our listeners to buy a margarita mix. This sounded boring. (laughs) um so i did two and a half ounces tequila one ounce of the salerno two juice limes and then i shook it strained it over ice and put salt on the rim and i think that next time i make it i might do equal parts of tequila and salerno because it was a yummy so, flavor but it didn't like it wasn't super prominent
1: you're just using uh, blood orange liqueur instead of triple sack Essentially, uh, yeah, but I'm doing a different ratio,
0: so um, I would normally put in more tequila and less triple sec, but I did. I like closed to the gap a little bit on that.
1: I like it. I just feel like liqueurs are really tricky. I'm still upset about being burned by the blueberry liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was so terrible. It sounds it was just gross. so bad, <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Blood orange liqueur does sound bomb though.
0: it's pretty good. I'm happy
1: with it. I didn't know if it would be like different than triple sec, but it is like it's a different flavor. I should try making this without triple sec and just the juice blood orange. I'm going to mess around with it. I got plenty of blood oranges. <laughs> <laughs> a whole bag. Anyways, it's fucking delicious.
0: Was yours as delicious as this? I re- I'm really happy with mine. Yeah. Um. Although now that I know that. Little oranges might be at the store. I might go get one and then like put some actual it's, juice in it.
1: It's pretty delightful, I will say.
0: If I have to get a whole bag, I'm not sure that I'll do it, but.
1: <laughs> but the $40 bottle is fine. <laughs> okay, listen. If I have to buy a $3 bag of oranges, I'm not it. I don't need your logic, okay? I mean, this was a rare opportunity when I'm not being the irrational one, so. <laughs> I had to take what I could get. All right. So a listener recommended that we do an episode on small dogs. And originally I was like, what the hell are we going to do on small dogs? But then I got really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Notoriously, I have always been very anti-small dogs. Um, But the more I've gotten involved with training and couldn't avoid them, (laughs) story story of my life, Um, they definitely won me over. I think most of this episode is gonna end up just being mythbusters because little dogs are so misunderstood <laughs> it's just ridiculous
0: yeah I'm usually really not a little dog person either but I've met a couple in training that I've really liked um, but what I've observed more than anything else about little dogs is that like, At least anecdotally in my own experience, people don't tend to think of them as dogs. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like they're so little they could never do any damage so they don't need to be trained or like maybe they're more likely to be thought of as accessories or something than pets or maybe they're too low to the ground to feed them treats. I don't know. But (laughs) in my experience, little dogs are less likely to be trained and maybe even like stimulated like bigger dogs would be
1: yeah it's fucking insane dude like i don't even i'm trying to think of a single instance where i have met a little dog that is socialized and or knows something beyond their name and sit and i can't think of a single one (laughs) most of them don't even know their name and sit i'm trying to think i yeah i really can't i'm sure they exist
0: I feel it. how does a dog not know their name? Like, I feel like you could just accidentally teach that a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, but think about how often you call your dog their actual name. That's true. And, like, if your dog just, like, is a house dog and you're not working with it, why, like, you're not calling it to you. It's probably just with you or you pick it up when you need it or something. <laughs> like. Sure. It's not like our world. <laughs> <laughs> you're not intentionally doing things with them. <laughs> But yeah, generally people aren't really into little dogs uh, and they're quick to just consider them and write them off as yappy and snarky. And I get it 100%. I used I was that person. Yeah. <laughs> the The reputation exists for a reason. And that reason is that most small breed dogs are super, super smart and super energetic. But we as a society don't view them as that or... <laughs> Right. We don't view them as needing training or exercise or enrichment. We just view them as cute and snuggly and our little living beings that live in our house and don't go anywhere and snuggle us when we sit down. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't understand. Uh, so the reputation is deserved, but it's deserved because like most things, humans have fucked them up. Yeah, uh, They are not bred to be in your purse. They are not bred to never leave your house. They are not bred to just be your little accessory. It's just, it's not. That's no dog is bred to do that, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe some designer breed I don't know about, but even then, probably not. <laughs> um, my favorite little dog of all time is a little mini Doxy named Bailey. She's very cute, and she's just a little shit, and I love her. <laughs> Um, so, her parents hired me because she was super bitey and super reactive, like, to everything in the house, everything outside of the house, and honestly just an asshole, especially to other dogs. Like, she really couldn't be with other dogs pretty much at all. She had a sister, but other than that, it just wasn't happening. Um... And she was super difficult to even work with, uh, because she was not going to do anything that she didn't want to do, and nobody was going to tell her anything, (laughs) but she ended up being awesome, (laughs) and she could literally out-hike every single dog I know, probably to this day, I think. We went on a four-mile pack hike. It might have been a little bit longer than that. But, like, she went on a four-mile pack hike with, like, pit bulls and a lab and, like, all these different dogs. And she was not even phased. Like, not even a little bit phased. And everyone else was out. Uh, They were all just passed out. And she's like, okay, what are we doing now? And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I mean, turns out that she just needed, like, an obscene amount of mental and physical to the point where it was even difficult for me to tire her out uh and i mean that's literally what i do like (laughs) we would go through a whole thing of like exercise mental more exercise more mental and she would be like okay next it's like oh god (laughs) what do i do (laughs) but yeah i have a bunch of other stories about little dogs that are just like her that are more than capable of accomplishing anything that any other dog can do Uh, I think it's just a rarity that they are held accountable and properly cared for, uh, and that's part of why they have the reputation that they have.
0: Yeah, when I think of little dogs, the first dog that I think of is this chihuahua that I got hired to walk when I lived in Washington. And again, this is before my training days, and so I didn't. I just didn't know what to do. But this guy was so mean, and I only walked him two <laughs> times before I told them that I had to quit. <laughs> it was the only client I ever quit on. <laughs> but I could just not get near this dog, and he, and he bit me while I was unleashing him, and like, it was just, I wasn't prepared to handle it. And looking back on it. I don't remember it, this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if I would have been talking to you about dog training at this point. I mean, I must have. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I, uh, I had to quit. And looking back on it, I'm sure that they missed out on socialization or something like that. But the other thing is they hired me as a walker when they got a newer, bigger dog. So the Chihuahua who is older was almost like the afterthought who was just getting walked because I was already going to be there. So it's like they didn't think he needed a walker and only got one when they got a bigger dog. And so it's interesting to think about it from the side of being a trainer because I've also talked about this other family in the past um, who had two Jack Russell Terriers and a French Bulldog, and all of those dogs were amazing, and I usually really don't like Jack Russell Terriers, but if you think about it, they hired me to come over for an hour every day of the week while they were at work to spend time, like, interacting with their dogs, and my guess is that if they were willing to do that, like, spend money on that, then they were also doing plenty of other things to keep their dogs like stimulated and fulfilled and stuff. So the difference between that family and the Chihuahua family, I think was that they their dogs weren't afterthoughts, you know, they were dogs to them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I- my my brain left my body minutes ago. Well, that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah, I just wish I knew what it was that makes people think that little dogs are not dogs. Like, I, ju- I just don't get it. <clears throat> but yeah, moral of the story is that little dogs are still dogs. They still need mental and physical outlets, some more than others. But I would argue that everybody, every dog needs to be treated like a dog in the summer guard. And don't get me wrong, my dogs are very spoiled. <laughs> uh, but I always tell people that my dogs are spoiled, not unemployed, and there is a big difference. Yeah. Um, people tend to think that they are, small dogs are untrainable, and I will say that I have admittedly said that they are harder to train, <laughs> but I think it's probably rooted in that nobody ever treats them like dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've totally been won over by little dogs, but I also treat them very similar to dogs every other dog right i do get it it is kind of hard like (laughs) it's just instinct to like pick them up because it's easy or or whatever it is uh or give them more privileges because they're so little and cute yeah (laughs) I, i catch myself doing it with beluga all the time and i have to stop myself so i mean i get it it's not like oh you're being an idiot like i get it it's hard not to uh because they are little and it it makes sense yeah it's a lot easier to just pick them up and not fuck with it uh but that's that's part of the problem so so there's the
0: basics of what little dogs need and as a reminder it's the same thing as every other dog (laughs) and next up we'll (laughs) go over some common issues people have with small dogs
1: Margarita, check. You're not drinking a margarita. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm,
1: my ice water is really good. <laughs> it's so cold. Would you? I guess yours probably wasn't tart. Was it? Um, no, but I mean, it definitely about how tart mine is.
0: It wasn't as sweet as like a normal liqueur usually is, you know. So, yeah. I, I liked it.
1: It is a delight. I would say it's it's top five probably. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I like it a lot. And it's super easy. Low maintenance. It's my jam.
0: Well good. And you can make it a hundred more times because you have a whole bag. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. So I love what Laura has titled this segment. <laughs> This segment is called Barking, Biting, and Being Bitches. And those are the three complaints that you hear with small dogs. They're bitey, they're
1: barky, and they're, in general, assholes. So let's talk about it. I mean, I'm just saying. If you heard that sentence, bitey, barky, bitches, you would instantly be like, are you talking about small dogs? Like, <laughs> That's just, I mean, come on. Um... So, yeah, I mean, my top tips (laughs) are stop picking them up. For the love of God, stop using potty pads. Teach them their name and basic commands. I know you don't think that needs to be said, but let me tell you, it needs to be said. (laughs) Correct them when they do things wrong. And literally, those tips right there are going to solve 80% of the issues. (laughs) Because every single time a little dog is being a dickhead, what happens? They get picked up. Most little dogs I know aren't even house trained and it's because there's fucking potty pads everywhere. Yeah. I can't tell you like. Again, out of the like dozens of small dogs that I've been hired to train. I would say less than 50 percent of them are house trained. Oh, my gosh significantly like i would garner to say a lot less than that but i'm not going to be dramatic (laughs) (laughs) almost none of them know even sit like it's insane dude like i don't understand yeah what is the problem
0: And, like, they're not calling you so that you'll teach their dog sit. They're, like, calling because, like, the dog is barking all the time or whatever it is. And so it's like, well, you have to solve all of these problems before we can even talk about that.
1: Exactly. And that's, like, the conversation I've been having so much of lately is that, like, your dog has zero skills. I cannot fix the fact that it bites people until it has basic skills. Yeah. Like, what, I don't, I don't, like, how did you even get here? The dog's, like, eight years old. <laughs> and, and why would I your don't. dog listen
0: to me if it's not listening to you? Like, it's not what just going to, I'm do, not going to, like, but... walk in and, like, <laughs> have control of the room, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, it's just amazing. I don't, I mean, I don't expect the average person to be a dog trainer. How do you not teach a dog to sit? Yeah. I taught my dog to sit when I was eight years old.
0: With Doritos, but still. <laughs> That's a high value fucking treat. I'll sit for Doritos.
1: <laughs> oh, he was a psychopath. He got put down when he was like eight years old because he was so aggressive. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah. I was destined. I was destined It's a back to backstory. Be... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I just don't i just don't understand how do you live with a dog that is not house trained and doesn't know anything how do you do this i would die
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i just i don't know
0: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) i have nothing i'm just uh,
0: i'm mesmerized so Lara gave you a basic summary of how to tackle those three issues, but let's tackle them one at a time in a little more detail. So first, biting. I honestly do not have a working theory for why this is not worked on in puppyhood, except for my theory from earlier that people just think that they're so little that they can't do any damage. But let me tell you something. I have been bitten by three dogs in my life, a full-grown Australian Shepherd, a full-grown Rottweiler, and like an elderly, decrepit Chihuahua. And guess which one was the only one who broke my skin and made me bleed? Like, it's the elderly, (laughs) decrepit chihuahua. (laughs) It's not cute. It's not a small deal. They need to be socialized just like any other dog, and they need to be taught appropriate behaviors just like any other dog. And then my other theory while I was thinking about this was that maybe little dogs are more likely to come from backyard breeders who will let them go home early, and they never learn bite inhibition. But even then, that is trainable, and there is no excuse to get through puppyhood and still have your small dog drawing blood. So there's my little spiel on biting. What does Laura
1: have to say about this? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's puppyhood in that they're, like, again, they're just accessories, so they're not socialized or trained. But also, too, think about a small breed puppy. Like, when they're puppies, they're, like, three pounds. They're, like, five pounds. Like, they're minuscule (laughs) they are so little (laughs) it's bananas so it's like nothing that they're doing is is a problem right because they're literally three pounds (laughs) right and i mean i get it when when they're full grown at 10 pounds it's also not as much of an issue but like my big thing with that is like i don't care if they're gonna break skin i don't care if they're gonna do damage Do you know how fucking miserable it must be, like, psychologically to just be in that fucking headspace all the time? Yeah. Because I cannot fathom being so scared and stressed and angry at fucking everything. That you're just attacking people. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, that's my big argument, uh for small dogs is like i don't really give a shit if you care or if you're worried about it or oh i just don't have visitors or whatever it is like i don't really give a shit your dog's mental state must be fucking miserable Mm -hmm. like i just like if i have anxiety attacks every day and someone's like oh you you can't have xanax you're not allowed I would kill myself. <laughs> like you you're just making them fucking sit in this awful place <laughs> where everything is terrifying or an attack. Like what is good about their life in that scenario? Yeah. That's it's a really good bananas point to me. That's I mean, that's what drives me nuts because especially it comes up a lot when we deal with behavior euthanasia um a couple years ago we behavior euthanized uh, a miniature poodle she was sold to the people as like a mini something doodle uh she was some sort of doodle mutt or poodle mutt i don't know whatever (laughs) (laughs) um but everybody like people came for our heads they called the news it was a whole thing oh yeah That's right. And everybody's argument, and this dog was out of her mind. Like, it wasn't like, oh, she needs a lot of rehab, and that's just not realistic. Like, no, there was something wrong with this dog. Anyways, though, everybody's argument was like, how much damage could she do? She's 15 pounds. And I'm like, I'm not fucking worried about the damage, although she can do quite a bit. (laughs) I mean, cats can do quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. A cat. Yeah. Cats will fuck you up, man. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, not to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) But uh, it's, I mean, she can do a lot of damage, don't get me wrong, but that's not my concern. My concern is she's fucking miserable all of the time. Yeah. Like, it's not fun for her to be doing this. Yeah. She's not happily attacking people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That is not a thing. Right. Which one is that? Is that one this of the is, new ones? This is Phoebe. She's, she
0: has decided oh, that she won't one? bother people if if I hold her, so that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get through the next hour or so with quiet puppies, and Amen. then she can go back to bothering everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, to get back on track, I think the biggest thing with small dogs and biting is that they are not managed at all, and if they are, it's usually by picking them up, which like I've alluded to multiple times already, is a huge no. Yeah. Which, which like, the, let's, let's the clarify no. <laughs> that,
0: like, holding your dog in general is not the no. Like, the no is picking them up to stop, like, what to manage behavior, basically.
1: Oh, yeah. you. Want, I mean, I pick up my big dogs. So right. you want to snuggle your dog, have a good time. <laughs> right. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> There's a, oh, yeah. For sure. There's plenty of people that are like, I can't snuggle my peaches. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, you see on my Instagram, my dogs are on top of me 75% of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, picking them up is I couldn't think of a better way to describe this other than like a position of power. Um, I don't like that term, but I can't mm-hmm. think of a better one to describe like what it is when you when you pick them up. Hmm. Um, like it's basically a I don't know, it's an entitled position, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. Um, but you're inadvertently reinforcing the behavior right Mm. so if they bark at someone that comes in the house and you pick them up you're basically telling them hey good job thanks for barking at them right um when in reality you need to manage their space by keeping them on leash and helping them work through whatever the trigger is so if it's people for instance first and foremost hire a trainer where i think we're going to start saying this every episode Uh, (laughs) and we have an episode about that now so go listen to it (laughs) yeah (laughs) um start socializing slow and at a positive pace you're not just going to start inviting people over every day and expect them to deal with it like that's that's not a good approach uh don't put them in situations that they can't handle yet and then also the biggest one which seems so obvious but nobody does do not give them access to people if they're going to have an issue right I I don't understand why I have to say it. Right. You know your dog is barky and bitey. Why are they not contained in some way? Right. Right. Yeah. Like ever. Like I'll walk into people's houses and their dog comes running at me like barking, lunging, growling, and they're like, "Oh, just don't, just ignore him for a minute and he'll be fine." And I'm like, "No, bro. This is not. This is not it. This right. <laughs> no." Uh, you can keep them on leash you can keep them behind a baby gate you can recall them I'm assuming they don't have any recall in that situation but like just know stop setting them up to fail if you know your dog is bitey stop giving it access to things that it wants to bite like people right <laughs> i just don't i just don't know i just don't understand and it is a problem that you have to fix i don't care if you don't have visitors Again, it's not about you. It's about that. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to be a shut-in. I know you've convinced yourself that they're lazy and they hate going out, but it's just because everything outside is terrifying because they weren't socialized. It's not because they hate going out. No dog hates going out. I promise. <laughs> I don't know how
0: important it is to give my perspective on this, so I might just cut this out, but I'm just thinking about the whole picking them up thing. I don't know if I'm necessarily thinking of it as reinforcing, but it's like, it's definitely not giving them a new way to deal with it, you know, like, yeah, like you definitely want to manage and then teach a new behavior. And just by picking them up, it's like it's taking the easy way out of the situation and your dog isn't going to learn anything, you know.
1: Absolutely. They're just going to keep doing the same thing every time.
0: So our next thing that we're going to talk about is barking. So barking is sometimes a breed trait, like some breeds are just more vocal than others, but it is often a boredom tree. and my best guess is that owners of little dogs, we keep kind of circling back to this, but aren't taking the dog's needs for stimulation seriously for whatever reason, so many little dogs are bred to do work, like Jack Russell's, Dachshund's, Terriers, and stuff. They are bred to work, they're smart, and they're energetic, and they have the same needs as a large working dog. And even if you have a tiny little designer thing, they are a living creature, and they also have needs so even if they aren't as energetic or as intelligent as some working breeds, they are still dogs, and they do need an outlet for physical and mental energy so often if you solve the boredom issue, it will cut down it will cut down on barking a lot
1: um so yeah, sometimes I will get clients that you know are pretty good, and they do they have a gang of little dogs and and uh they do they take them for a walk every day and and stuff like that um but usually it's it's one or the other right like maybe they are getting a little bit of a physical outlet in that they get walked every day but they're probably not getting any mental and they're probably not getting enough management or something so if you're listening to this and being like no i walk my dogs they get exercise blah 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 and they still have issues it's like that's not gonna solve everything, right? Like there's sure. still a lot of management involved. Yeah. Uh, mental and physical outlets will definitely help a ton, and they have to come first because we can't do anything until those are solved. But it, your dog still may have issues because it's still learned behavior, right? Yeah. Um. So barking for me is generally either reactivity or boredom, like Lily said. Um, with littles, I've found it tends to be more reactivity than anything, whether it be the doorbell or a car door closes outside or something like that. Um, And I think the hardest part of the, about this is that a lot of the times in my experience, it's a, a gaggle of littles, right? It's right. not very many people do. I know that just have like one or two small dogs. Like yeah. they usually have three plus. And then they all feed off of you each can, other. You can and... fit a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> You can fit a lot more little dogs. I'm a little jealous about it. Um, (laughs) But it's really difficult, if not impossible, to train three dogs to stop barking at once because if one of them goes, you're screwed. Yeah. Right?
0: I do not envy that position at all.
1: It's so hard. Well, and especially too because, again, most little dogs aren't crate trained. They don't have baby gates, anything. So it's not like we can work with one dog at a time. Oh, yeah. We just got to figure out. I have yeah. that problem a lot.
0: And they're probably like <laughs> together 24-7 and we'll freak out if they're exactly. separated. <laughs>
1: and it's like, can we put them in the bedroom and just work with him? Well, they're going to go ballistic if I put them in the bedroom. And it's like, all right, good. <laughs> Fuck me then, huh? <laughs> uh, like, So they can't be separated. If one of them even makes a whine, they're all going to go off. Like it's it's a whole thing. And there are some
0: situations where you do have to kind of troubleshoot your training a little bit, but like I can't see a way oh, out of every that, time
1: honestly. Like that yeah. seems like just an impossible it's, situation. It's not fun or easy. <laughs> <laughs> um so my favorite little gang of little dogs that is severely reactive, uh Dasher, Comet, and Coco. I love them, but they are barky little shits. I like that, too. Uh, they have reindeer everything. names, and one of them is Coco. <laughs> yeah. Their mom talks about it all the time. She's like, it just it didn't fit her. It, she, this is just what fit. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Um, but Dasher was a little bit reactive. And then Coco's super insecure, so she's pretty reactive. And then they got Comet, who's the baby, and he's super high energy and not getting enough of an outlet. So it's like all of that combined is just. Whew. So we've been working on the front door for like two years. Fun, <laughs> <literally>. uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so the thing that we're trying now, and 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 part of it is that they just they their life is is very chaotic, and so they don't get like consistent routine or or training. Um. Which is fine. Like They're not worried about it. They just deal with it. Um, but uh, what we started working on last time I was there that actually seemed to make the biggest impact the quickest is we would set off the doorbell and then we would wait for them to stop barking. As soon as they stopped barking, we would put them into a sit and treat it. Um, which to me is a little convoluted as far as like timing and stuff like that because I want to make sure that we're not treating the barking. Right. Um, but we got very quickly to a point where the doorbell would go off and they would start automatically sitting and looking for a treat with very little if not, if no barking. Good. That's I was awesome. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, the- in theory, this routine bothers me, but it seems to be working, so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes that's how it goes. Like, you know, yeah, like, I don't I mean I wouldn't this, I wouldn't but-
1: <laughs> yeah I wouldn't tell a client to do that generally because again I don't want to be rewarding the barking at the doorbell but if it's, it's working in this instance and the barking is stopping so I'm not yeah. gonna question it
0: yep well you're obviously doing it in such a way where they understand what they're being rewarded
1: for but yeah like I said pretty much most people that have small dogs generally have three or more um, and like Lily said giving them physical and mental outlets are super essential you can't accomplish anything until that happens their base needs have to be met. And like I said, like we both said, a lot of the times that's not happening with small dogs uh, and it's pretty needed. So uh, keep that in mind before you start doing any crazy training. Make sure that they have mental outlets and make sure they're getting enough physical exercise. I generally try to work on desensitizing um, with, with reactivity. So working consistently with the doorbell uh, but I also make sure to try and correct them as well. So as soon as they start barking, and I know everybody's going to throw a shit fit because I said we're going to correct them. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean I'm throwing things at them. That doesn't mean I'm physically hitting them. <laughs> to me, uh uh-uh is a correction, right? Like, corrections aren't always... I mean, it's always a negative, technically, but, like, it, it doesn't mean I'm hitting anybody. <laughs> right. It, it doesn't mean we're being abusive. uh uh-uh is a correction, okay? <laughs> So, not only do I try to do desensitizing and all of that, but the reality is, in the meantime, while we work on it, it is still going to happen, and we need to be sure that we're consistently correcting them. Um, so, as soon as they start barking, I give them an at ah and if they do not stop, obviously, then I have to physically get up, go get involved. So, like, if they're barking at the front door, I'll go stand at the front door and back them off of it until they kind of let it go, right? And... So I'm not trying to do that in, like, a dominance way because, again, I know everybody's going to go ape shit. <laughs> it's not like I'm looming over them and, like, get out of here. Like, I'm just going to the front door and I'm owning that space and letting them know, hey, I hear you. I've got the situation under control. I don't need your help. Um, And barking, I mean, like we talked about, it's a pretty huge issue. There are a million little rabbit holes we can go down um but if you're working on the problem in any way shape or form that's honestly half the battle so yeah it totally <laughs> try is. different things it totally is. like we said hire a trainer so <laughs> yeah so uh, but um, honestly like i said if you're working on it that's that's gonna at least improve it to the the very minimum so i'll just i'll talk a little bit about how i would work on the
0: same issue um because i would do it a little bit differently and We've talked about this a few times, like in our training methods episode and like in a couple other episodes, but Laura and I have a different way of doing things. And um, we, I mean, I think that we both agree with one another that like both of us are good dog trainers. We just like, we do different things and we have different methods. So if you want to like, uh, excuse me, what the fuck
1: did you say (laughs) to me? I mean, you, you just put it right up there for me. I had to take it. You had to, huh? Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, uh, but anyway if you want to know more about that then listen to episode two but so what i like to do for barking and so this is really situational like barking is not something where you can just listen to us talk about it and then know how to do it with your dogs but like i would do more of i would work at it from the opposite way so laura's kind of working at it from like the full trigger of the doorbell or whatever and then like showing them what to do, like waiting for them to sit or backing them off the door or whatever. And I'm kind of starting somewhere else. So I'm starting with either footsteps up to the door or like a, sh- a really quiet knock or like a doorbell sound on the phone, like with the volume down, something that will be that trigger for them, but at a place that they can handle it. And if they're not barking, like acknowledging it and not barking, then that's treated. And then we kind of work up to the big trigger. Uh, and then there was something else I was going to say, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, um, Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe is the most vocal puppy I've ever met. Like, it's like her instinct is if if I need anything, I should scream. Like, it's, it's insane. Um, and so we've worked on that a lot because I just don't want to send her home to her mom like that. Um, so we've worked on that a lot. And what we do is, a a big part of it is mealtime. So, like, when she's watching me pour the meals and everything, she'll bark at me. And so, at first, what I started doing is I would kind of, like, stop pouring the food every time she barked. And I would, like, wait for quiet, and then I'd continue. But that didn't work. And so, what I started doing is dumping it all back in the bag and just, like, looking at her until she stopped and then, like, starting again. And so, now she'll sit there and watch me do it. But um, it, like, it took a lot of work. So... Anyways, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to point out that there are so many different reasons that a dog can be barky and you yeah. really have to like look at the situation and what the dog is finding either rewarding or um, what's making them stressed out or whatever and work
1: with that individual dog. But anyway. I don't think anything aggravates me more than demand barking like that. <laughs> Oh, i'm gosh. babysitting avery who we talked about in the pandemic episode and she when i first got her she was a huge demand barker she does she doesn't really do it anymore but i mean anything if you if she wanted attention if she want like all the time she would just bark at you until she got what she wanted oh my god and, oh my god just no like it's just so rude like <laughs> <It's, laughs> oh my- <laughs> I ca- I cannot think of a single thing that is more fucking rude than demand barking. <laughs> the disrespect. The audacity. Ju- the audacity. <laughs> I just Oh man, the sa- like it just sends me into the red instantly cuz I'm just I just. Mm.
0: Thankfully, that is like the most cut and dried one to deal with because you just don't give them what they're asking for. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's the best. Yeah. Uh, But it is
0: really annoying.
1: Yeah. And that's uh, that's how I got her to stop is just, all right, we're done here. I'm not going to talk to you, look at you, acknowledge you or anything (laughs) for the foreseeable future.
0: (laughs) So the last point that we have to go over is being a Bitch. (laughs) And I love this point so much because it's the biggest indicator to me that little dogs just aren't being taken seriously as much as bigger dogs. Because like when a dog is being an asshole, some of that is personality. Like I will fight anyone who tells me that Mooney is not an asshole, but usually (laughs) being an asshole (laughs) indicates that something is missing. So they're bored or their needs aren't being met or they need an activity to work on and a problem to solve or an outlet for their energy or training. They need training. They need to be taught to trust you and focus on you. And meeting your dog's needs will more often than not completely cure you of the being a bitch aspect of dog behavior. It won't cure your biting and it won't cure your barking but it will cure being a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cure being a bitch. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I think acknowledging that fact like you hear it a lot like oh, they're perfect unless xyz and it's like well that just negated the <laughs> the, the previous <laughs> statement as a whole like they're they're obviously not perfect if they can't be around humans right so and that's fine like they don't nobody's asking them to be perfect yeah <laughs> they, they don't need to be right so i think just having like a more realistic view of our dogs and understanding that like just like the rest of us they like some things more than others some things are a hard no <laughs> and we just have to kind of work within that right but at the same time we can also be like oh he doesn't like redheads it's like well that's not (laughs) (laughs) now you're just enabling him like (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i think just being real i didn't make any notes about this segment so i got nothing that's probably why it's such a fucking rabbit hole but yeah i think just being realistic about you know who your dog is and just because they're assholes doesn't mean that they're not the best dog ever. What? Like, <laughs> Doobie's an asshole. He's the fucking best. Like yeah. <laughs> Yep. I love my
0: Mooney. I only ever like tell bad stories about Mooney. I love him dearly. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um
1: but yeah, I think a lot of harm with little dogs comes with them being perfect or uh kind of being spoiled to the point of being made kind of inept. Like yeah. Your your feet can touch the ground. You can do things like a normal dog would do. I don't care that you're five pounds. Right. Like that's not that's not a consequence for me. <laughs> um and one more story because I remembered it when I was telling Bailey's story, and it's my favorite, is we rescued uh this teeny tiny, she might be the tiniest chihuahua we've ever had. No joke. She couldn't have been more than five pounds. She was so little. And she was full grown. She was like three years old. She was just so tiny. And she had these long, skinny little stick legs. Uh, And she was such a bitch. She got kicked out of her foster home. Um, And she's teeny tiny. She's five pounds. Uh, Her name was Stassi. Uh, Okay. She literally ripped out her foster's carpet. Like half of a room. Oh my God. And I'm like, how does a five pound dog even do that? Like, right. She was digging under the door and got the carpet, like an edge of it, and then just ripped the half off, like the whole half of the room. That's a fun project. (laughs) Yeah, I felt terrible. And of course, it was a rental house. So it was like, I can't offer to pay for it because we don't have that much money, but I'll help you try and fix it. Like, I don't. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyways, but she was, I mean, she bit. She would bite anybody, mostly men, but she just was, like, shitty. She was shitty. (laughs) And it was rooted in her being terrified of everybody because she had never been socialized. But so she got kicked out of her foster home and had to come to my house. And she became such a badass little bitch. (laughs) This dog would go pound for pound with all my pits. I worked at a daycare at the time. She'd come to daycare and just... Run laps with these huge, like 60, 80 pound dogs that could take her out in a fucking heartbeat. (laughs) She would just, uh, I was also fostering a border collie shepherd at the time, and she would just go jump on him and act like she'd be like, Come on, you're gonna come play with me right now. (laughs) Like she was so cool. She would go hiking with us. She, uh, we were hiking out at the wetlands and she got right in the water. Like she was fucking cool. She was just down to do whatever. Uh, once she, like, got so much enrichment and socialization and because she was living with a pack of large dogs, got treated like a large dog, suddenly her issues weren't really weren't really apparent anymore, <laughs> right? She wasn't trying to bite everybody that she met. She wasn't being a dick to everybody. Uh, and then she got adopted to a really nice family who I really like, but all of her issues came back because she started getting treated like a little dog. And so now she gets carried around and is super reactive and goes after everybody.
0: (laughs) Are they working on that? No. Oh, good.
1: Uh, (laughs) Not that I know of. Uh, And they're really cool. I really like them. Uh, They're not bad pet owners. But, I mean, I think that's a lot of people, you know. They just want to... And it's the husband more than the wife. The wife is totally into work on it, but it's the husband's little... Uh, it's her, it's his baby. And so he's going to carry her around and nobody's going to stop him. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it just goes to show that when they're in the right environment and they get treated appropriately, you know, that behavior changes and it can go right back if that, uh, if that outlet goes away. Right. Cause she was awesome. I mean, she was always a bossy little bitch, even when she was being good. Don't get me wrong, but like, <laughs> hey, but she wasn't attacking people. She could meet people without without trying to snap at them, stuff like yeah. that. So, like um, the fun kind of asshole. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are some of the keys to having a small dog that doesn't give the entire classification a bad name. Uh, <laughs> next up, we we will have our very first Q and A, which we have both been waiting for for 17 episodes yes ask us your questions (laughs) we're so excited we love questions
0: final margarita check laura how is your blood orange margarita did you make a picture today
1: no just one well because it's 11 (laughs) a.m well not anymore but i mean so what (laughs) We had to start super early today. I originally wanted to try this blended because it sounds like a fucking delight, um, but my day is crazy, and so we had to move up our. Rec- that dog is cute. <laughs> oh, I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> the dog you just said thats me. the dog we're about to talk about in our Q and A. Cute. Uh, I wanted you to have a frame of reference. <laughs> um, he looks like he looks like um, Pillsbury dough. <laughs> um but yeah our we're recording much much earlier than we normally do and so i just made one and i'm sad because it's gone and it was so delicious
0: oh yeah and you have to drive don't you
1: i do there's a lot of driving in my future that blows i don't want to do it i don't want to do any of it um, but yeah, it was fucking delicious, and I'm going to make more of them as soon as possible. Awesome. And I would ask you how your margarita is, but it doesn't exist because you're a quitter.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not a quitter. I'm a responsible a bit, adult, a <laughs> little bit of a quitter. I mean, I'm a responsible adult because I schedule my podcast to be at a time when I can drink reliably. And then my uh, my co host just like no, <laughs> no
1: two p m. Not doing that. Um, Not doing that anymore. But as soon as we are done with this, I'm probably going to be able to make
0: it because Scott should be off work in like you 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> also, I will say in the like year and a half that you've lived there. I wasn't entirely sure Scott even had a job because he's always just hanging around. (laughs) And I'm like, cool. I mean, that's super useful. Why are you never at work, though? (laughs) Yeah, he does technically have a job where he goes
0: into the office, but they are all able to work from home. So as soon as the pandemic started in March, they just sent everyone home. And he's been working from home since then. So he's just here all the time. Yeah, well, that's what
1: I figured. But I was also like, he also helps with the puppies during the day. So he can't be doing too much
0: <laughs> yeah well i he mean doing too much work usually if he's helping me with the puppies he's either off of work for the day or like taking a lunch break or something usually yeah, during the work too, day
1: three hours ahead so he's yeah. halfway done with his work day by the time i wake up <laughs> yeah
0: yeah usually during work hours it's just me but that's all right so for our final segment <laughs> we are coming at you with <laughs>
1: That was that was very passive aggressive. That's the whole bullet point. Um, We're coming. You (laughs) are supposed to fill in your shit, bitch. It's not my fault. I I do the whole outline, and you can't (laughs) fill in three fucking sentences. I specifically texted
0: Laura and told her I would wing this segment, so this is on me. Um, For our final segment, we are coming at you with our very first uh, edition episode segment. I don't know, but it's our very first Q and A. And it's exciting. So, Lara got a question from a friend of
1: hers this week, and we we're going to talk about it. So, my friend Zach sent me a message, and it said, We got a pug cocker mix puppy, and she keeps chewing through internet cords and towels and pillows. <laughs> that was very well-timed on their part. <laughs> you have to keep that in you have to keep it in it was too well timed they're mad that we're talking shit on another puppy (laughs) um do you have any recommendations on what to do we tried bitter spray it didn't really help we don't want to boop her when she's in trouble because she takes it so personally i just really love the phrasing of that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my favorite part was we don't want to boop her because she takes it so personally <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind um, of sweet so, like it's just
0: too pure for the world
1: i know <laughs> <laughs> it was very like i'm not mad at you that you were booping her but like that's just the way it's phrased it's so funny like um, they stopped because
0: she was like oh mm don't
1: <laughs> that's that's gonna be i no. me. i don't, I don't like me. it <laughs> <laughs> i like it but not a lot <laughs> uh, um uh but yeah she's very cute he sent me her picture um uh, she looks a little bit older like she's probably a, f- a few months at least um and her name is audrey audrey okay. but they call her Toey I don't I think that's what that says Towie I don't know Toey's way cuter than Audrey so I, I'm gonna call her Tooie. um but yeah i'll let's let's get your response first because I have a lot to say okay
0: <laughs> So um people don't like to hear this <laughs> uh, but. This is going to be the problem with our Q&A. <laughs> it's just going to piss people off. Um, So a lot of the time, like when I go to a client's house and they're like, oh, you know, my dog won't stop counter serving or my dog won't stop doing this or that. Like, my first recommendation is to not let the dog near that thing. Like, to, you know, manage the situation so that they literally cannot jump onto the counter. Put them in a different room uh, if you can't watch them. So it's like half of the battle and always the first step to to correcting a behavior is going to be managing the situation. And people really don't like that. Like they just want, they want you to come in and wave a magic wand and say like, you're not allowed on the counter anymore. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And they expect the dog Deal to be that. like, okay, <laughs> Miss Lily said, I'm not allowed on the counter, so I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> but like, honestly, like, just don't don't let the puppy near the cords and the towels and the pillows. That would be my recommendation.
1: Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> but like, what, is that, what does that look like in reality? Like, how do you not let that? How do you not let them near that?
0: Well, especially for um, a pug and cocker mix puppy, like it's most likely a small puppy. So my, I imagine that if you put things up even on your couch, your puppy can no longer touch it. <laughs> like... You know, so like just put it out of the way. Like my whole living room is puppy proofed so that anything that's on the floor in here, basically it's okay if it gets chewed on. So it's like just their toys. And obviously, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before in the puppy episode, but I have furniture that they can't chew. And then it's like a whole redirection issue. But like, I don't want to just chase them around the room and redirect them out of everything on the floor. So like towels, pillows, cords, shoes, All my personal stuff, blankets, it all goes up where the puppy can't reach it. And then, you know, they'll learn their default behaviors of what to chew, like all their special little toys. And not to say that it's impossible to tell them not to do that stuff, but like I just don't want to. Like that's so much energy, just like chasing them around and being like, no, no cords, no shoes, no pillows, you know, like just take them off the floor.
1: What's interesting about that is that puppy proofing did not even cross my mind. (laughs) <laughs> Which shows you how much I deal with puppies. Uh, <laughs> didn't even didn't even think about it. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah, when I first got this question I'll be honest I was kind of annoyed I was like are you fucking kidding me right now like this is ridiculous <laughs> like, I, I that was just my initial response because of who I am as a human being and I'm not very tolerant of things
0: and hopefully uh, the friend that texted you knows you well enough to not
1: be offended when we put that in the episode <laughs> oh yeah he does he does no I, I texted him I uh because this was like a few days ago and I never responded so I texted him this morning I was like hey I wasn't ignoring you we're doing it today on the Q and A, but it won't be out for months, so I'll send you the notes that we come up with. But then Lily didn't fill out the segment, so that's fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, But yeah, but then, like after I let it fester for a couple of days, I realized like, no, that's like the entire point of this podcast, right? is for yeah. average dog owners. Yeah, because to me, this is kind of a ridiculous question. And it's it's like I don't understand how you even have this problem, but it's like everybody has this problem. <laughs> everybody yeah. that's not a dog trainer has this problem, right? Yeah, like, especially a with very, the puppy. Yeah, puppies put everything. Every, in their but fucking to mouth. me, like it's just it's like what what do you mean? I don't even like I don't even know how to tell you how to solve this because I don't understand how it's happening in the first place. <laughs> um, so and and I think that's a large kind of problem that we consistently have with this podcast is making everything like basic enough right because to us this is like beyond basic and it's not but to us it seems like it is right Right. um so yeah i think uh my initial response was just that supervision containment and having appropriate outlets is probably the uh the root of the issue here um so one if she's actually chewing this stuff up consistently then like why why isn't she being supervised like where yeah where is she that she's not getting caught in the act right yeah uh which brings us to containment of obviously cords are a little bit harder because it's like well i can't move my tv like yeah (laughs) i i can't put my tv cord away away like there's nowhere for me to put that away um uh, but that's where containment comes in, right? Like they need to be either kennel trained or in an X pen or baby gated into a room that has less cords or mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Um. So yeah, supervision. I mean, even if she's not being supervised as much as she should be, like it takes quite a while to chew a towel or a pillow. Right. Cords go pretty quick. Like I get that. Yeah, I see that. But- yeah. <laughs> uh, but it takes takes a bit of time to get through a pillow i've lost several in my day it's not a quick process uh so it's like she's she's obviously being unsupervised for extended periods of time right and that's a problem so uh supervision seems to be an issue containment seems to be an issue she should not have free reign of the house and if she doesn't have free reign and this is still happening then she's being contained in the wrong areas yes yeah definitely (laughs) uh so kennels are your friend, but I know a lot of people don't like kennels. So an X-pen is a good idea. Or like I said, just baby gating her in a room that doesn't have things that she can chew on. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, too, like making sure that she has a different and we talked about this a lot in the puppy episode, which I did. I sent him that as well. Um, different variety of toys, you know, maybe a plush toy, a soft toy, uh, a bone, which is like a harder chew toy. And then like a tennis ball or something. So she has different varieties of things that she can chew on. Yeah. Um, and then not just leaving those out all the time because then they become boring. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I, th- I think it's kind of that trifecta of not enough supervision, not enough containment, and then making sure that we definitely have enough of an outlet. And I should have, let me see if he'll respond right now. I should have honestly asked how old she was because that's a huge factor. 'Cause puppy is she and she does look older. So this could be a six month old puppy. That's just not sure of the house yet. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and then while you're texting him, I'll and address that's a different story. Um, I'll address the question about
1: bitter spray.
0: So um, in one of the podcasts that we like reference every single episode, Canine on Aptitude, they were talking about how they um, they tried the bitter spray or they knew someone who did or something. And all that happened was like they couldn't get it out of their mouth for hours. And so it was not necessarily uh, like telling the dog which thing not to chew. It was just like a taste that was always in their mouth through the whole day. And so it's like it's either giving your dog a a negative experience with everything it's putting in its mouth or it's just like desensitizing them to the bitter spray. But like either way, it's not going to tell your dog what they shouldn't be putting their mouth on. So well, and I've had a I've had a lot of
1: dogs that like it like they'll drink it. (laughs) that's hysterical legit like you spray it they spray, you can spray it in their mouth and they're like this is great <laughs> um okay so she is six months somehow i knew i it's it's good because when people say puppy to me i'm thinking she's a little puppy yeah. so i'm like what do you mean Same she's here. doing all this so that's a total difference okay six months i don't take back everything i said it still is relevant but big difference so it's six months she should be having play dates. She should be having walks. She should be having exercise. Uh, you know, she should be going to the dog park or whatever whatever outlet there is. Um, but to me, now this becomes a boredom behavior and not a puppy behavior. Yeah, she's not uh, teething. Obviously, she is still a puppy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that changes things. I should have asked that before we started. Um But yeah, at six months, I would guess she's not getting out enough, and she's not getting socialized enough, and she doesn't have enough physical and mental outlets, more so than chewing outlets like I just listed. Yeah. Uh, She still needs those chewing outlets, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Every dog loves to chew, Um, but especially when puppies are teething,
0: it's like a non-stoppable issue.
1: (laughs) But at, at, at six months is generally when you start to see like a little bit of an energy increase. Yeah. Uh, And when they really need, you know, that daily walk or the dog park or whatever it is. So uh, that would be the supervision, containment, and appropriate outlets and enrichment definitely still apply. Yes. uh, Because I would assume those aren't happening either. Yeah. Um, But I'm now I'm now knowing that she's six months, I'm going to add in physical exercise. Yeah. So supervision, containment, appropriate outlets and enrichment and physical exercise yeah like and as then, your like dog- Lily said, puffy puppy proofing as well, because now you're about to hit terrible teens, <laughs>
0: yeah, oh my gosh,
1: um, Godspeed. But yeah, so like as your dog
0: gets older, you just kind of naturally are able to trust them with more things because they're getting used to your house and what they, you know, should and shouldn't be doing or whatever. But at the point where your dog is having behaviors like this, then it's not time for you to trust them alone in a room. So at this point, I would say like if you're not able to have eyes on your dog, then your dog should not be around that stuff. Um, So either crated or penned or in a different room Uh, because if... Like, the more times that they're just able to do it, the better they're going to get at it and the more they're going to know that it's something that they're able to do. So, um, yeah, still, you know, keep all those management things in mind that we talked about, but definitely add in different kinds of exercise and enrichment for an older puppy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I love Q&As. That was fun. This is my favorite. Yeah. Let's do more of that. Uh, And I think there should be a disclaimer, too, about, like, obviously, we don't know the details. We don't know the living situation, stuff like that. So our kind of uh, answer is going to be a little bit vague and might be wrong. Because, like I said, I mean, we didn't know she was six months until halfway through, right? Right. So (laughs) we'll get better about sussing out the details of the question before we answer it. Uh, And also just take our answer with a grain of salt because even if we ask you, like if you send us a question and we come back with some other questions and stuff, like that's still not giving us the full story. We're not doing a full training session, right? So uh, it's not foolproof. Um, But hopefully it helps. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So if you uh, try to take our advice at home and it seems to like really not be working for your dog, then hire a trainer and listen to our episode about how to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I love Q and A. So send us more questions, please. They're so great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we
0: are we all done? I want to be done now. Okay, I think that about wraps it up. Our seventeenth episode is ready to be let out of the kennel. You can find me on Instagram at Miss Lily's Dogs or on my website MissLilysDogs.com or my online training platform Patreon.com/slash Miss Lily's Dogs. And you,
1: I think a bird just flew into my window. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me on Instagram at properpupperslv and my website properpupperslv.com. In our next episode, we will be drinking Hawaiian-themed margaritas, which I have no idea what I'm going to do for. (laughs) And, and and talking about, ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I feel like I already did guava or hibiscus or something. Oh, you know what? I did find a hibiscus recipe. It was with like tea or something. It was odd. Um, what is that in your hand? It's my dog. Is that a dog? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it looked like a toupee or something. It was very it odd. It basically
0: is. Uh, she's a toupee.
1: Well, because it was just like the top of her head. She didn't have she's eyes literally or anything. And I was like, the
0: color of my hair. She's like- so
1: dark. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to see her features. Yeah. It Anyways, is.
0: it's hard to take pictures of her. It drives me nuts.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying. Huh. Uh. Okay. In our next episode, we will be drinking Hawaiian margaritas and talking about my favorite rant of all time, limerick syndrome. Woo-hoo. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my least favorite, which is why it's my favorite rant. Uh- <laughs> we love to complain. And nobody knows about it. It's how i make my living honestly i just complain at people about what they're doing wrong with their dogs (laughs) Uh, um, next time on the doggeritaville podcast Woohoo! thanks for listening to doggeritaville send us an email at doggeritaville at
0: gmail.com or send us a dm on instagram at doggeritaville and let us know if there are any topics you'd like to see covered Or if there are any margaritas you want us to try. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time, give your dog a treat from us.